welcome you uh, to our camp meeting. Homesick for Heaven is our theme. And we have uh, um, an opportunity to be able to share with you uh, some of the, the dynamics in our walk as men, uh, things that we need to consider for some, for some time. Uh, we have uh, lost a lot. When it, when, what I mean by that is that I see a diminishing of participation of men in the church. And um, we always wonder what is going on. Well, in the times that I have spent in the church as a minister and, and working in different types of, uh, of uh, you know, ministries, there are certain things that I have discovered. Certain things that I have discovered. And let me tell you what the, the one thing is. Men in general have lost sight of Christ. Have lost sight of Christ. It's not that they have lost sight of the church or the teachings of the church. It's that they have lost sight of Christ. So this week, I'm going to be spending time with you in sharing sharing our path to heaven. In other words, what is it that God expects of us? What is it that we are in need of? So each day is going to build, uh, the theme is going to build and build until we get to Friday. Now Friday I'm going to have an exercise with you. And I'm looking forward to doing that with you. So I hope that you, you stick with me because you see another... Let me give you some information without giving you it all, okay? Part of the problem that sometimes we men have, and I'm, and I'm going to say men because we're dealing with men, is that we are, we read Scripture, but we don't really understand the Scripture in many cases. We read something, we think we figured it out, but we don't have it there altogether. And I'm going to give you some examples of that coming up on Friday, but we're going to build up on that. I'm not saying that you don't know how to read the Bible. Please, don't get me wrong there. What I'm saying is that sometimes we miss, we miss cue things, important things, to help us understand the message that God has for us as individuals. And this is what we want to work with. Okay? So that's what we're going to be doing uh, uh, today, so let's bow our heads and let's start right away. Father Almighty, we are grateful for this opportunity to be here uh, to learn more of your Holy Word. Father, please send your Holy Spirit, open our minds. Use your servant to glorify yourself, Father. And Lord, may the thoughts that we share today may help us to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let me make sure that uh, uh, one of the things that I, I was thinking about while, while I was pondering uh, what to share with you, I'm not going to share with you, uh, you know, we have different topics like, uh, you know, depression, men in depression and anxiety or or the, the, those type of topics. No, what I'm going to talk to you about is strictly how 
to build our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to be dealing with because I believe that if we, we understand that God loves us and that we are important to him, we would be more apt to respond back by loving him. You see, too many people, too many men fall in love with the church, but they're not, they're not in love with Christ. Some of us men think we know Christ, and no, we don't know Christ. And this is what this is going to be, you know, this topic is going to be all about throughout this entire week, okay? So, first thing I want you to understand is that God is not a stranger to us. He's not a stranger to us. God wants us to feel that we are his children. He wants us to feel that, no, we, we can always come to him because he knows who we are. Okay? So, first thing. Um, if you have your Bibles, just follow me in Acts uh, chapter uh, 8. Let's look at Acts chapter 8. I just want to point out a couple of things. And so what am I saying? God is not a stranger. So what does that mean? What, do, what does that really mean? And, and how is it that we can be students of the scriptures and yet not understand what it is about? I want a perfect example is, is in Acts, uh, the eighth chapter, starting from verse 26, and we're going to be looking at uh, verse 38. We're not going to get to read all of these verses, but I want you to follow me because this is, this is the story about Philip meeting the Ethiopian. Okay? This is, this is, here is a Philip that was called by God and he was given uh, instructions uh, to go out uh, to uh, this road which was going from uh, Jerusalem to Gaza. And the Bible tells us that a eunuch that was a very important man who handled, I guess he was the treasurer for, for uh, uh, Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. Uh, this man was riding on a chariot on his, on his way back. And uh, he was reading. He was reading the scriptures. And he was reading the scriptures from Isaiah chapter 53. And... Um, and it says here, then the Spirit, verse 29, says, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah uh, and said, Do you understand what you are reading? Listen to this, to this, script, uh, to this question. Do you understand what you are reading? When we read the Bible, do we understand what we are reading? I just want us to think about it. He's reading the Bible. And by the way, he's a believer. This man is a believer. This Ethiopian eunuch is a believer. But he was reading the Bible and didn't understand. Look what it says uh, here. Um, and he said, verse 31, 
um, how can I, uh, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philips to come up and sit with him. The place in the scriptures which uh, he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and, a, and as a lamb before its shearers uh, is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Now, the Bible tells us that the eunuch uh, asks Philip, who is he talking about? Is he, is he talking? Um, um, he, he says, um, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? Okay? And then it goes on to say, then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this uh, scripture, preach Jesus to him. Now, the rest of the story tells us that when uh, Philip had uh, completed his introduction or his instruction to, to the eunuch, the eunuch uh, uh, was invited, he was invited to be baptized, and he says, look, there's water. I want to be baptized. Why did he want to be baptized? Well, he wanted to be baptized because he discovered, he discovered something that was missing in his life. He discovered Jesus. And he made a commitment to Jesus. So this story helps us to understand that it is easy for us to sometimes read Scripture and have, let me ask you a question. Have you ever read the scriptures and sort of scratch your head trying to figure out what is this saying? Have you ever had that problem? No? Listen, I'm a pastor and I've been reading the Bible and I read the Bible over and over and over again and I still scratch my head. Right, brother? Here you go. It's just there's so much in the scriptures and the Holy Spirit will give just enough because he knows that we can only handle a little at a time. He wants us to, to digest what we learn. But it is possible to believe in God and not know. This is a prime example right here. So I just want you to understand that, again, it's not that uh, you don't love God. That's not, the, that's not in question. It is that though we're loving God, we are not understanding what we're actually loving. And we men need to, to be able to, to absorb that we need to know how to love Christ so we can become like Christ and thus model Christ. It's uh, acquaintance relations. By the Webster Dictionary, it, tell, it, it defines uh, acquaintance as a, uh, a person or persons whom one knows, but not intimately. One knows, but not intimately. Okay, why is this so important? Because, again, we sometimes, you know, confuse what knowing and an acquaintance is. 
a friendship versus an acquaintance. Do you know the difference? Here's part of it right here. God didn't ask us to, to be an acquaintance with him. Okay? Um, putting it in simple words, some of you may, uh, may know, but not as a close friend. Okay? Simply put, someone you may know, but not as a close friend. That's what an acquaintance is all about. So, we may think we know about God, but our actions and our thoughts are actually an acquaintance that we are uh, experiencing, not necessarily a true friendship or knowing God. You follow that? Okay, let's continue. Jesus is the, is the closest friend that you and I can ever have. True? He is the closest friends that we can ever have. Therefore, we cannot think of, of knowing Christ as an acquaintance. I'm going to throw this at you, and I want you to understand this because it's interesting. Like today, it seems like friendship wants to be redefined again. People want to de- redefine what friendship is. For example, I have a lot of my church members that says, oh, yes, I have about 700 friends. One of them, some other person says, oh, I have about uh, 500 friends. And I says, you have that many? Uh, from where? Oh, Facebook. Facebook? And these are your friends. Oh, yeah, they're my good friends. Have you ever met them? No. You just know about them. You just know what they want you to know about them, but no, you don't know them. So how can that be a friend? It's almost like being redefined. You see, that takes away that humanistic part, that that human touch away, and is only based on writing to each other, but there is no... No human touch to it. You know, that, that I compare that also to, you know, customer service really in our days is terrible. You call a company and want the, what, 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 what happens when you call a company or you call someplace? At even a, a doctor's office, what do you get? A recording. a recording. And before you talk to someone, a human, you got to press I don't know how many buttons to get to talk to someone, and at the end of it all, okay, press zero if you want to talk to an operator. Hello, why don't you just answer the phone? Yes, sir. I like the Bible definition. A friend is one that sticketh closer than a brother. Than a brother. That's correct. But that calls for what? A close relationship. That human touch. You see, this is what I'm trying for, uh, I, I want you to see, because that's what God wants for each and one of us. Okay? Pondering question. Could it be that I am, I am believing that I know God, but I don't know him? Could it be that I have a knowledge about Jesus, but don't know him? 
Could it be that my relationship with Jesus is an acquaintance relationship and not a deep-rooted personal relationship? Think about that. Two different, there's two different things there. This is extremely important, men, as we are claiming to be leaders as God has called us to be. God expects us to have that relationship with him. Why was Moses able to do what he did? He had a what? Close relationship. Did Joshua have a close relationship with God? Hmm? Yes, he did. He had an encounter with God. Not like Moses did, but yes, he did. If you notice that all of the leaders, they all had a strong relationship with God. They were not perfect, by the way. They were men just like we are. They had feelings just like we did. But the one thing that they did have was a deep-rooted relationship. They love God, in other words. And you're going to see something else that I'm going to share with you. Do I have a relationship with the church without Christ? Could it be that we're in love with the church, but we forget the most important part of the church? The head, which is Christ? Think about it. And I... I, I I will say to you that this is one of the big reasons also why a lot of people leave the church. It's not because they don't know doctrine. It has nothing to do with doctrine. The problem is, is that their relationship is all embedded, it's all, it's all um, rooted in church. It's all about church. And the most important part of church, which is Jesus Christ, we leave out. Yes, sir. So what about men that may not have had a relationship with their father? Yes. And they don't even know how to have a, a friendship with another male. In other words, they're lone wolves. Yes. This how, is how do you how do you go and have that relationship with God if they don't have relationships with anyone else? You see, this is the, the, the key right there. When they don't have a relationship with, one else, with, with someone else, this is when godly men are the ones to encourage this one person. Even if this person tends to, be, to shun a little bit, you know, you, you take baby steps. You take baby steps. You have to befriend people. You know, Jesus talks about discipling. We have to disciple people, but how we disciple people it's, 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 it's a, it, you know, you really have to depend on the Holy Spirit completely. Because each man, like this one in particular, that was mentioned, this type of person, first, by, by far, they first have to establish a trust. A trust relationship. And it's not done by saying, brother... How are you doing? Have you heard about the Sabbath? 
has nothing to do with that. But you find common grounds. You find out what are their, their hobbies. What, 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 do, what do they like to do? Do they like to fish? Hey. Do they like to bowl? That's where you start. You can't start them by talking to them about Jesus because right now they can't relate to Jesus. But if they see Jesus in your life, now they can start relating. It's a process. And by the way, it takes a lot of patience and a lot of love. That's a good question. Thank you for that. Did I answer the question? Did everybody? Yes. Hmm. Yes. Um, uh, I prefer, if possible, not because there's things that's discussed here for men only. Okay. Thank you, sweetie. But yeah, it's okay. But you know, I you know I, I like for men to be able to speak on their own. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what's what's being taught in the churches. I I cannot tell you that but this is what the Lord has taught me and I want to share that with you it is so important because I see this in men time after time and I'm saying guys we need to get back we need to get back to Jesus okay um, salvation will depend on what kind of relationship uh, we have with Jesus and the Father we all are after salvation, are we not? So we have to have that relationship, build that relationship with Jesus so we can obtain what we're looking for and take others with us. Amen? Amen. Okay, men. Acts uh, 4, verse 12. Acts 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I mean, this is, this is uh, when, when Peter talked and, and made this statement, this man, Peter, remember his life, what it was like, and when he had his encounter with Christ prior to the cross, and what he became after the cross. He went from, yes, loving God, because he did love God, but Peter was not still ah, um, filled, filled with that love that, that, that will cause him to die to self yet. But in the Garden of Gethsemane took place. Peter was broken. We need to be broken. And then, when Christ forgave him, remember, do you love me more than these? Remember he said that three times? 
he came to this point now. Guys, as men, we need to come to the point where Jesus means everything to us. Jesus is the priority, the priority in our lives. So that we can be that vessel that Jesus uses in our churches as mentors to help others. Other men, young men, children. First of John four, fourteen and fifteen. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in, in, take out him out of there and put your name there. Christ abides in me, in me, Tony. And, and, and he in God, and I in God. Knowing Jesus is to have a personal and close relationship with him and the Father. To know Jesus is to have uh, salvation assured. Salvation comes from the Father through his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, you're wondering, why do I have zebras up here? Well, I found that there is a beautiful relationship, that, that, uh, uh, um, an example that helps us understand how is it that we as men need to know Jesus. Zebras, if you look at zebras, they all look the same, right? They all look the same. But the fact is that they're not. Their patterns are totally different. You can see a hundred uh, zebras, and they all have a different pattern. A, a colt has a survival rate, or its survival rate will depend, will depend on how this Colt will memorize mom's uh, pattern. When a colt is born, the mother places the colt in front of her. And for several hours, that colt can only look at her and her only. Mm -hmm. This colt has to memorize mom's part pattern. When the colt decides that they get tired and they want to look to the other end, mom will gently bring them, you know, push their heads back and forces them to memorize the pattern. Why is that so important? Because you see, zebras do not take care of each other. If that baby does not learn Hello, this is for men's ministry. Oh, 
the uh, glasses I didn't recognize. Sorry about that, sis. Um, the other zebras will not take care of the colt. Only mom will. So if that colt does not recognize mom, that colt will die. They will die. Because there is no mom to take care of them. It is the same thing with us. We need to know, concentrate all our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. If we want to be men known by God, we need to know who God is. Our lives depend upon that. How can we effectively lead in our churches if we don't know who the true leader is? Our leader. If we cannot recognize, well, I'm going to give you military terms. If you cannot recognize who our commander-in-chief is, if we do not know who, who, who is this commander, how are we going to be able to battle and live? It's important. The gospel in a nutshell. I love this verse. This is what I call, this is my own term, the gospel in a nutshell. Guys, as men, we need to know Jesus Christ. And this is life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. You see, men, a lot of us have lost sight of Jesus. Again, a lot of us base our belief in the idea that, hey, tradition, um, yes, we've been talked about Jesus. Yes, God, God, uh, we recognize that God is alive and that Jesus came in this world and all, but we haven't de developed that relationship with him. And that's killing us men. We need to be able to, to obtain that. I love the way the uh, new... Um, uh, oh, the, uh, the NLT says, the new living, thank you. I had a brain cramp just now. I've been getting those lately. Look how it says, puts it. And this is the way to eternal life. To what? To know about God? Huh? Does that say to know about God? No, it says to know you. Who's you? God. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to the earth. The Bible challenges us to know God. Know who is this Jesus. Know who is the, the Father. Know who is the Holy Spirit. Now, I know you're going to ask me, well, how are we going to know? I'm going to lead you there. But I want you to understand that, that this is extremely important. Let me break it down for you. Okay? The way the Hebrew breaks it down, I'm giving you what it means. Okay? And this is eternal life that they may know. They may know. Look, 
Be aware, perceive, understand, be conscious of. And then the next word is that they may know you, no other unique God. It's talking about God is unique. God is not just just any friend. He is the friend. He is the God. The only true, dependable, genuine, real, pure. God, the eternal Elohim, and Jesus, Savior, Christ, the anointed one, you have sent. You see the difference? When you look at that verse as overall, this is one of the most deepest, uh, if you will, verse where the the plan of salvation or uh, the gospel in this one little verse is found because it's telling us what the source is it's telling us who is it that we are serving it's telling us that we can trust him it's telling us that he is willing if if we serve him wholeheartedly. Any thoughts? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. That's correct. That's correct. No, no. Makes 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 it a a, a lot. Deeper in understanding, isn't it? And in in other words, what God wants us, he just doesn't want us to know him superficially. He wants us to really know him. You see, and and this is important. As men, if if we want to be effective in, in, in our families, in our churches, we need to know God. Yes, sir. Yes. 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 Uh, something that is, I find a bit challenging. During Christ's time on earth, he always pointed us to the Father. Mm-hmm. And he said, pray to the Father, ask mm-hmm. of the Father. And I heard a seminary professor once talking about this, that you should pray to the Father. Mm-hmm. And so in my prayer life, I'm always communicating with the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes extensively. Right. In, in intercessory prayer. Yes. <coughs> yes. Are you going to address that? No, I will. I will. 
you have, to rec you have to remember that when Christ was here upon the earth and he says that he was always pointing us towards the Father, remember that he became human. And he came here to show us what our relationship should be like with God. Okay? So he will use terminology that we can understand. In other words, he was the son, the son asks of the Father. But Jesus in John chapter 10, uh, 17, over and over said, I and the Father are one. The Father and me and me and the Father. Okay? But because he was, he was teaching us, he was guiding us as to how our relationship should be with the Father, he will always use that terminology to say uh, that, you know, the emphasis placing on the Father. But he... He is God. He was the human God. You, you, you follow that? Yeah. The one thing he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through whom? Through him. Why? Because he and the Father are one. Yes, sir. And sons. Thank you. Yes. So if you pray to Jesus, you're praying to the Father. If you pray to the Father, you're praying through Jesus also because they're both one. But I can see, you know, what happens is sometimes um, some people are taught. Let me put it this way. I am not a fan of methodology. Even though sometimes methodology can be used to help us do certain things. In other words, using methods. Using methods to do certain things. Sometimes that can be a good thing, but sometimes it becomes like a, like a trap. If you don't do it this way, you're wrong. Because this is the method by which you were taught. You, you see what I'm saying? So we need to be careful about that. Um, but always remember, yes sir, I'm going to get to you. Always remember that we have to look at Christ. When Christ came upon this earth, he took on humanity. Just like when he said, no one knows when he's going to return, only the Father. At that point, he himself didn't know. Because why? Thank you. He became human. When he became human... Uh, to a certain degree, he was limited in knowing that, but now he's up in heaven. Do you think he knows when he's coming? Absolutely. You see? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Jesus used the words Abba, Abba. What do you think those words mean? Daddy. Right? Daddy. Daddy. You know? Anybody can be a father, but not everybody can be a daddy. You follow that? That's, thank you for bringing that up. It's just, you know, 
the main thing, is, and, I, and I love uh, the idea that how the devil has destroyed the, the, uh, that relationship that should exist between father and son, that is very powerful. Because the idea is to distort our minds. He doesn't want us to learn that relationship. He always wants us to, to stay in that doubt mode or superficial mode. Let's continue. Um, on this particular verse, um, I found this uh, thought from the uh, uh, Bible commentary. Uh, Mrs. White says this, These words mean much. It is only by knowing Christ that we can know God. The scent of God calls upon all to listen to these words. They are the words of God. And all should give heed to them, for by them they will be judged. To know Christ savingly is to be vitalized by, uh, by spiritual knowledge. To practice his words. Without this, all else is what? Valueless. So it, it is... You know, Ours is to know who God is. Who is this God we're serving? We need to know that. We just cannot continue to, to go through life, going to church, worshiping God, and not knowing exactly who is this God we're worshiping. Because you see, this God should be our best friend, not just Savior. But our best friend. Yes, sir. Exactly. Just like Abraham and Isaac. Abraham and Isaac, when, when Abraham was going to offer Isaac, he first explained to Isaac what he was going to do. You notice that Isaac didn't fight him. The I, Isaac gave in. This was a, a cooperative um, event that took place. Exactly what you just finished mentioning. I saw a hand. Yes. I was just rereading Steps to Christ. Uh-huh. Amen. And that's the point. You, you, you have to keep in mind that um, Christ came with a dual mission. He came to save us, but he also came to vindicate God's government. He came to show, to prove the devil wrong. That God was not a tyrant. A bloodthirsty. A bloodthirsty. Yeah. You see? So we have to keep these things in mind. Okay. Knowledge of God. Knowledge alone will not gain salvation. Without knowledge, one cannot know the way to eternal life. This is, in, this is a twist. The devil has an extensive knowledge of God. Absolutely. And what does the Bible say is going to happen to him? Adios, goodbye, sayonara. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. 
knowledge by itself cannot help us. But without knowledge, we're also going to be in the same situation. See you later, Dan. But you understand that we have to know, and how is it that we know, I'm going to show you later, through the scriptures. We have to know, um, have knowledge of God. I, I remember a young man one time that tells me, uh, um, I, I, don't, uh, I believe in God, but I don't believe in the Bible. That's why a long time ago that I was in the army. Um, and I says, well, how do you figure that? He says, well, I just, a uh, man wrote the Bible. And I says, well, how did you learn about God? Well, my, my, my mother told me about it. And how did your mother know about God? Well, her grandmother saw her. And how do you think your grandmother knew about God? And he, I went down and he finally says, oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. It's, it's important. Did I see another hand? Yes, sir. And in truth. No truth. Well, that, that's the point. That is the point. Uh, opinionated knowledge. Now, let me talk to you about opinionated knowledge. Uh, formulation of self-beliefs. Um, these things can lead you um, into self-reliance, self-salvation, uh, self-destruction. What do I mean by opinionated? Well, the Bible will tell you one thing, but it is your opinion. Or the told me that. Or the, oh, I love when people tell me that. <laughs> especially when they tell me that the God told me, the Spirit told me to do this, which is opposite from what the Bible says. Who do you think is talking there? Your own spirit? Your own spirit? Yeah, you, you see the difference? Yes, sir. I like it. Yeah. Beware of this, of having your, your, your opinion to override the truth. Okay? It, I've, I've always heard it this way. Opinions, it is like no's. Everybody has one. But God says it is the truth that we need to know. Remember he says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Okay, so truth means that we need to be connected to the source of truth. So it will be affected in us. The effects come when we are connected. Not when we decide for God. Or we decide how we're going to apply what we learn. Okay, let's continue. It is right to say no knowledge of God can result in spiritual despondency, decrease in faith, and a spiritual depression. Okay, when we know nothing about God, but we think we know about God, the devil has a party time. Because he's got you exactly where he wants you to be. In la-la land. Spiritual la-la land. Okay? Bible says you shall search the scriptures 
For in them you think ye have eternal life, and there they that testify of me. Remember that Jesus himself, when he was uh, conquered, uh, when he was uh, um, teaching, the Pharisees um, were arguing with him. And, um, and uh, the fact is that Jesus says, listen, you guys spent all this time searching the scriptures, and you think you're going to find eternal life. In other words, they're going to find it their way. And he's saying, listen. It all points towards me. I am. I am the source. But their opinion kept them from knowing Christ. You see? You may search or study Bible and not necessarily know Jesus like we established. Yes, sir. Ah, scripture. Very good observation. When he was tempted, he didn't respond with opinion. He responded with scripture. Excellent. Excellent. I like that. Eternal life is obtained by accepting the Lord Jesus uh, as Savior um, and as your person, uh, and not just Savior, your personal Savior. You see, one is in general and the other one is personal. Jesus and the Father are one. Remember that I, I talked to you about that. Uh, John 10.30 and, and John 17.20-22 uh, talks about that. And what I've quoted to you where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into the Father but by whom? Okay? Um, and I wrote it down for you guys anyway. So this is important. Why is this so important, guys? Because, again, that, that is the difference between having an acquaintance with God versus having a true relationship with God. Sir? Yeah, well, many times we say, we got the truth. Amen. Amen. You can't do that. You just can't do that. It's all Jesus or nothing. Okay? Knowing God. Okay, here we go. Number one, first thing you have to know about, about getting to know God. This calls for a determined commitment. A determined commitment for a close relationship. You have to determine yourself to do that. In other words, you've got to be willing to want to and submit to it. You got to be able to, you know. There are a lot of people that says, "Oh, I, 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 I." Uh, in fact, I will tell you about a young man who says, "I want to stop smoking." And I told him, "Listen, one of the first things you have to do about stop smoking, besides praying to God, is you have to commit yourself to it." So, oh no, no, I got it. I got it under control. A few days later. A few weeks later, he fell again. And it's, uh, it's a cycle. Why? Because he's not committed to it. We need to be committed to, to having a close relationship with God. Because if we're not committed, we're not going to have a, a close relationship with God. Because this calls for surrendering of your will. 
and God wants us to have that. We must be known by God. It's not good enough for us to say, I know God, but God has to know us as well. But if anyone loves God, this one is what? Known by God. See, the Bible is very clear. God, God needs to know who, who you are too. In other words, God to recall, in other words, what he's saying is, God wants us to be his children. So, in order for us to be called his children, God needs to know you, know me, know everyone. And this is what, again, us men, we need to really work hard with this. Get, get there, get to know who God is. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God. Galatians 4, uh, 9. This is uh, uh, Paul uh, talking. So it's important that we as people need to be known by God. Okay? And I'll give you, let me go back because some of you were, were writing something. You have it? Okay. Let's continue. John uh, 10, 14, and 27. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. And I'm known by my own. You see that relationship? You guys see that? He goes on to say, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. So it's not enough to say that I know God. We need to be known by God. And God calls us his sheep. You know, when I was in Germany, there was, um, I was, um, I remember this day I had finished my uh, hospital shift. And there was a, a huge intersection, a huge one. And I mean, there was traffic all over the place. And behold, when I look to my right, I see a shepherd. I mean, the classic dress guy with the cane, with the big black suit, the whole nine yards is German, with about 50 sheep and two dogs. And I looked at that, and I looked at the <laughs> intersection here. I mean, I said to myself, now how is this guy going to safely all his sheep. Interesting enough, he came to the corner, he stopped, turned around, he gave a command. The sheep all of a sudden came into columns like this. The dogs were on the side and he crossed them safely. I mean, this was amazing. They knew his voice. They knew who he was. He was the shepherd. And the sheep knew his, his voice. And they responded to his voice. This is what Jesus is talking about. We are his sheep. 
and we need to listen and respond to him. Yes. This is going to be a terrible mess. It's going to take these shepherds hours to sort out to sort them out sheep because they're all mixed up together. And I want to watch them sort this mess out. And uh, they chatted for 15 minutes or so, and then each of them started walking on their way, <laughs> and there was this horrible mess, and the sheep were all That's right. Thank you for describing and us. It pretty well describes me. Describes us. That's a description of us. Why would Jesus use the sheep? Now, to the defense of the sheep, I have to say this. They can't be that dumb because they learned the voice and they followed. They obeyed the command. Think about that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, th the thing about it is recognizing when God is talking to us, recognizing who God is. This is of, of, of great importance. And, and, and uh, he uses, besides the fact that they were familiarized with sheep, they knew what sheep were, they knew how they, they, they responded. Jesus used that to describe us. To describe us. Okay? So, as men... We are sheep, yes, but God has also called us to be shepherds at the same time. Isn't that ironic? We need to be a sheep first before we become shepherds. Yeah. Okay? Genuine knowing involves obedience. Now by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. 
when we are obedient, like the sheep is obedient to the shepherd and follow the instructions of their shepherd, then they know that they are safe. Then they know that they are known. Then they know that that shepherd has the best interest in his mind for his sheep. Hello. Obedience is very important. See, most, most of us look at a command, obedient, and we look at it maybe like in a quite negative way. But obedience... Us keeping the commandments of God, us keeping the word of God. And when I'm talking about commandments, I'm not just talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about the teachings of, of the gospel in, in general. When we do that, we are responding to the love of the Father. Obedience is a response. A response of love. You, you follow that? This is, a, this is important because, you know, it's not like if you are in the military service and you're given a command, you're given an order, and you're going to do it. You're going to do it because you're told you've got to do it. You don't have a choice here. But that's not God. God gives us a command, but he gives us the choice to respond to that command. If we respond in a positive way, like the sheep does, then we reap the benefits, the benefits of God's grace, of God's mercy, of God's protection, of God's instruction, and draws closer to him. So this is, this is important. No need, uh, none need to lose eternal life. None. Everyone who chooses daily, the key word is, to choose, right? Chooses daily to learn of the heavenly teacher will make his calling and election sure. Let us humble our hearts before God and follow um, on to know him whom to know aright is life eternal. Why is this important? Once again, God is not a stranger to us, but we have made, it, made him almost a stranger. We have made him an acquaintance. We need to change that through the power of God. We can't do this on our own. You know, we have to be on our knees asking God, Lord, I do that. Lord, help me to know you. I want to know you. Because by knowing God... God is going to know me. And God is going to take care of me. You follow that? As men, we need to be able to, to, with all confidence, feel that we have been empowered by the love of God through Jesus Christ. That we have been empowered uh, because God loves us and knows us. And, and uh, as, we, as we get involved in, in witnessing, whether in, in, in our churches or in our jobs or, or family gatherings or whatever the case may be, we 
with all confidence know that God, because he knows who we are, is going to use us to reflect his love unto others. He's going to use us as instruments to, to draw others to him. He's going to use us in that leadership role that God has called us to be in. This is, this is uh, something that, again, I want you and I to not just to think about it, I want you to, to pray about. Okay, because that's, that's, that's it. Okay, so no, Jesus is not a stranger. He never has been a stranger. Jesus has been our friend. Okay, and he, Jesus says that how do, how do you identify a friend? A friend dies uh, uh, a friend dies for a friend because he loves a friend. Amen? Okay? A friend, God wants us to, to enjoy him deeply. Uh, a deep-rooted, loving, personal relationship with Jesus Christ leads to eternal life. Why do I keep on bringing eternal life over and over again? Because that's what Jesus promised us. Okay? It is through Jesus we get to know the Father. And it is through Jesus uh, that we are going to be able to, to become the men that we need to be. So as soon as you, you finish there, I just want to take a few seconds, a few moments, and I'm going to ask you to team in pairs of twos, and I want you to pray for each other. I want you to pray for each other and ask the Lord Jesus to reveal himself to you. Help, um, ask him, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to have a deep relationship with you. I want to be the man that you want me to be. But I need you, Jesus. I want you to be my father. I want you to be my friend, my counselor, my confidant. Okay? So at this time, if you're finished taking notes, just uh, um, you know, turn to the person next to you, uh, two and twos if possible, and, um, and, and have a prayer for each other and ask the Lord to, to empower you by the Spirit. So let's do that right now. Let's do that together.